0: Minimalism is the movement that encourages you to live with less. Less stuff, less possessions, less clutter, and find more joy and more time to focus on what matters. So, what is minimal-ish? It's the grace-filled way of doing the same thing. Sustainable, realistic minimalism that actually makes sense for your life. The Minimalist Podcast is here to help you make life lighter, realistically. I'm your host, Desiree, and my passion is to help you create room for what matters to you by cutting the clutter and excess stuff in your home and your life. It's not just about decluttering and having a tidy home, but about how having less stuff will give you more time and more space to focus on creating the life you actually want to live. We'll talk about topics of minimalism, motherhood, simple, intentional living, and everything in between here on the show each week. Let's walk towards simple together. Hey friend, just popping in before this episode starts to let you know that this episode looks a little different than the more recent episodes of Minimalish. In the beginning, my husband and I started this podcast together as the Minimalist Family Podcast, and it's gone through a few changes along the way. I kept these episodes here because I still believe they are really foundational to explain the minimalism journey my family and I have been on, and they align with what my what minimalish is all about. It's also pretty fun to have these early episodes on here where my husband and I are both sharing our thoughts on minimalism because, as his wife, his opinions and views on the topic are important to me. Alright, that's enough explanation from me, let's get to the episode, I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Minimalist Family Podcast. This is episode four, and today we're going to talk about five ways you can simplify in a busy season. But before we start, we wanted to say thank you so much because last week was our launch week and we've had such a wonderful response from that.
1: Yeah, thank you. And not that we're doing the podcast to try to get as many people to listen as we can, but obviously... You know, if a lot of folks are listening, and we've been genu- genuinely surprised with how many have been, then we're you know talking about some good things. That I hope people are uh, taking in and it's improving and bringing uh, you know good stuff to their life.
0: Yeah, and it's encouraging when you just put something out there in the world. You don't know um, if anybody's gonna listen or read whatever it is that you're creating. It's obviously encouraging when people do. So thank you to friends, family. Um, Thank you for listening in and following along with us. So if that's the case, if you've been listening and you haven't hit that subscribe button, we would just ask you to do so. Not only will it update you when we have new episodes, but it will also help our podcast be seen by more eyes. Um, I should say be listened to by more ears. And even better, if you could give us a rating and a review If you're loving it, that helps even more for more people to see it on iTunes or wherever you're listening to a podcast. So without further ado, um, let's first talk about something we learned this week. So this is a short segment we're going to start with each week now. Um, Nick and I both have an education background. Nick is still a teacher. Um, He loves teaching and I'm no longer a teacher, but we still love lifelong learning. That's something that's important to us. Um, to be always learning. So we're going to talk real quick about something we're learning um, or something we've learned this week. So Nick, what's something you've learned this week?
1: Something quick I've learned this week is that routine is good, at least for me. I think it's helpful. I love being back in a school year routine. I find it helps me be productive. It helps my mind stay clear of just cluttered thoughts and everything. And uh, I like to keep routine even into the weekend. So during the week, obviously, I'm getting up early to get ready, get uh, my morning routine going for the day, for the school day, and then get out the door, get to school. Well, during the weekend, I found that the part of my routine I love to keep or I've been enjoying is still getting up early, not as early as I do during the week, but still getting up uh, early enough to where I'm I'm not sleeping in. I have an alarm set and I'm using that morning to set the day up well, to feel good, to get up and get moving. And uh, I found that that's been really helpful for me to keep that part of the routine of my week into the weekend.
0: Yeah, I love that tip. I love morning routines. That's something that's lately been a huge part of my life, too, and I'll talk about that a little bit later, but I have to admit, this weekend, I slept in in quite a bit. Um, I needed the extra sleep, and I think there's time for that, but I do think, Nick, I'm going to learn by your example and be waking up earlier next weekend, but my learning this week is a resource that I'm actually going to share with you in the show notes, and It's a video I watched. Um, The person's name is Jordan, and her business is called Fun, Cheaper, Free. She has really great tips for kind of budgeting and time productivity. And something I, or one of her videos I watched this week was about productivity and it was about block scheduling, which is something I've been doing in my everyday life lately, but she explained it in such a way that just clicked with my mind. And she talked about block scheduling, which just means that instead of going through your day by each individual time, like saying like, okay, well at nine o'clock I'm going to cook breakfast for my family. And that's a really late time to cook breakfast, but I'm just giving an example. So nine o'clock we'll cook breakfast at 10 o'clock. I'm going to put laundry in at 11 o'clock. I'm going to put the baby down for a nap and I'm going to start working. So instead of doing that, You block out your day. So maybe it's from like 7 to 9 is when you have your breakfast and morning time. And during that time, you're going to try to put laundry in. And it's just doing that is in a way – doing that helps you to not get behind on your day. So it's less overwhelming and it kind of helps you be more productive. But I'm not going to say much. It's just much more on it. It's just that she explained block scheduling as – a school day schedule. Which a block
1: I, schedule. I yeah
0: like a literal block schedule um, and her video is really fun to watch too but it just like made so much sense in my mind. Obviously I've been on a school year schedule all my life and still am since Nick is but I'll put that in the show notes. Me talking about it isn't going to be as helpful as you just watching the video if that sounds interesting to you. So today we are going to talk about five ways that you can simplify your life in a busy schedule. And we're going to jump right into that because we have a lot to say on this. Um, At this point, we are well into September, and I'd say the busy season has hit for most families. There's that back to school rush where you have to kind of relearn your rhythms. So like Nick was saying, how he's keeping his rhythms on the weekend. um, Most of the time, you do not keep your rhythms all summer that you would have during the school year schedule if you have kids in school. We don't have kids in school, but we have Nick in school, <laughs> Nick teaches. <laughs> so, um, so it's kind of the same with us. We can relate in that way. Um, so whether or not you have kids in school or whatever, a lot. this is a busy season for many families, and um, it's a huge change to your rhythm. So we had a really busy season last year. I think it was one of the busiest seasons of our lives or at least for me, whenever I went back to school. And Nick was, Nick coaches wrestling. He was still in the wrestling season. So I'm going to say that during that super busy season, we, it was our first time like doing all of this craziness, back to school stuff with a baby. I don't think I did it very gracefully. Um, so I think I learned from that and I think we both did. And now this year, as Nick has gone back to school, um, we have kind of, Taking these tips, and some some tips we're going to give you, Nick does better than I, and others are just more pertinent to me, so we're going to both talk (laughs) about them on and off. Um, But hopefully this will help your household as you are returning to a busy schedule um, and a busy season. Hopefully it will help you simplify. Because minimalism, we talked a lot about how minimalism is about simplifying our stuff over the past three episodes, but it's not just about that. And we realized that kind of as we've been a few months in, we realized that it's about simplifying everything. And that's really where your life changes. So the first thing we're going to talk about is saying no to things. And I'm going to start us out. And then Nick is going to talk a little bit about this too. So if you're in a busy season, it is the perfect time to think about all of the commitments that you've taken on and to say no to new things maybe or say no to things that aren't serving you anymore and to say yes to the right things. So we just moved. This is kind of our example of this. And I'm staying at home with Gemma right now and I'm not totally involved in it, in anything at the moment because we've just moved. So I'm actually trying to get involved in the community, um, in our church, and trying to meet new people in the area, but as I do that, I'm trying to weed through and see what will actually fit in our schedule, what will serve our entire family rather than just myself, and what what won't interfere with other important things like Gemma's nap schedule. So as I'm doing that, I do have honestly this drive to like say yes to a million things, to volunteer, to get involved in a Bible study, to I want to get involved in a mops group, I want to meet new moms. I have this. Really crazy drive to just do a lot of things. Plus, I have work from... I'm working from home. So, I have to, to remind myself that simple is best. And so, I think some tips for this is to think about what truly aligns with your personality. Um, if someone asks you to volunteer in some way or join a group, um, if you feel like you want to add one more activity to your child's schedule, even though they're already playing like three sports at once, um, are these things... For you, are these things kind of in your lane? Do they fit your personality, your interests, your specific gifts and talents? And if not, it's okay to say no. Um, Nick, what do you? What are your thoughts on this topic?
1: I think saying no really is a life skill to be learned. Especially, I think of it going in a few years ago into first year of teaching as a young professional. So it could be any job, career field. Oftentimes. You can be asked to join in and do a lot of extra things on top of your regular workload. So I think as a teacher, I think my first year teaching, there was a lot going on. We moved away from the state and the area that we grew up knowing. So we were in our first year of marriage away from family. We were both first year teachers. And then I was asked to do a few extra things on top of, on top of our home life of learning what it looked like to live together as a first year married couple, I was also head coaching junior high football team. I was coaching a, rest, a youth wrestling club. I was coaching on the varsity wrestling staff. Uh, I was training in the spring for a marathon. And there's a lot that goes into training for to run 26.2 miles. These are things I think about my first year as a professional uh, in my career. And there's a lot of things that you get asked along the way. And I think the culture pressure is that You should say yes to do things, to do whatever, to get your foot in the door, to show that you are a hard worker and that you're a valuable asset. But I remember talking that year to a good friend who was also a teacher and somebody that I coached with. And he shared with me a tip that was shared with him before. He said, you know, they want you back. You can say no to things because they're going to want you back next year, whether you say yes or you say no to things. And I think that's something to know is that you don't have to feel pressure to say yes to everything that is asked. I think it's a noble thing to want to help and be involved in different aspects. So for me, it was coaching. Um, but when you say yes to something, you're also saying no to something else. It's taking it's taking time of your life, right? So when you're given your time in one area, it's being taken away in another area. So it really takes critical thinking to decipher and filter the time Uh, where you want your time to be spent. And so what that has looked like for me recently, whenever we moved back to Pennsylvania, it has been hard to say no to things that I've really enjoyed because you do have to say no to things you enjoy for the things that you love. And so for us moving back to Pennsylvania, one of the things that I have done the past few years when we were living in Charlottesville is I was a coach at a CrossFit gym and I thoroughly loved it. It brought me a lot of joy. I learned a lot. As a coach, I got to help others. I, I made a lot of great friends and a great community, but then moving back uh, here made me reevaluate if that's something I wanted to continue in my life because, well, I love to exercise too. So whenever I would go coach a, a group class, I would also also spend time before, or after working out myself. So then that would be a few extra hours out of my day I would spend spend in the gym and away from our family, away from you and Gemma. And, that took a toll on me over time, but my personal fitness was also important to me. So moving here, I reflected, how can how can I take care of my health, but also how can I really take more time to be home, to be present at this young age with Gemma and be more present you know, as a husband with you in the home? So I had said no, and I had a few offers to continue coaching, but I, I, I said no to co- coaching in a CrossFit gym for this season of time. And we've committed to add things to our home, a home gym for me to stay home. And I can still take care of my health and still tackle that. that, that's, that that's really important to me, but I'm definitely home a lot more. So for me, that's one example of something that I did really enjoy, but ultimately I said no to uh, for something that I loved even more. And that really is a life skill, saying no to the, saying no to things to say yes to the right things.
0: Yeah, and I was so surprised when Nick even expressed the desire to stay home more and not coach. And not that I didn't think he wanted to be home with us. Of course he did, but I know that was something he loved. So I think that says a lot about your character, Nick. But I think that's a huge example of how prioritizing is a way to know what to say no to. So you could even list, like, what are the most important things to you, and then you can list out like what things are you involved in right now what things are your kids involved in um as well because sometimes they if they're young enough they can't maybe make that decision for themselves and kind of look at those two lists together figure out what things are taking away from those priority priorities are you not able to have family time because your kids are involved in too many activities or maybe you're involved in too much and you're overwhelmed by that um so that's just a way to think that through. If you're a list-making type of person, maybe you need to set a boundary of a number of things to be involved in or a number of things for your kids to be involved in, whatever way it works for you. um, I think this is something that is super important. And like Nick said, definitely a life skill um, that takes practice.
1: So that was tip one. This next one, I'm going to have you tackle. Obviously, this is more in your domain (laughs) because the tip is simplify dinner time.
0: Yeah. So I think that especially families with younger children, from what I've seen, from what I've observed in myself and um, in our own family and in other families that I've been around that even have more than one kid um, and even older kids too, I could assume that if you have older kids, this would be something for you is that dinner time is a crazy time of the day, especially during the school year. First of all, little kids um, tend to get like wild during this time. People call it the witching hour, whatever you want to call it. Um, Yeah, our
1: little one definitely gets a little wild.
0: Yeah, she's hungry. She's getting towards bedtime. She's yelling
1: at us if there's not food in front of her.
0: (laughs) She yells a lot. Um, She's very demanding.
1: It's cute, and then it turns into being a little scary.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's... It's just stressful because as a mom and as the person who does most of the cooking, just by default, because not because I'm a woman, but because I I am staying home um, and I kind of am able to think around this stuff more because I have more time for it. um, It is stressful and I do want to put dinner on the table. I want my family to eat healthy and I don't want us to have to be eating, going out to eat all the time and ordering in all the time, because one, that's not very healthy. And two, that costs a lot of money. So,
1: and and you've, sorry, I didn't mean to cut in, but I I was going to say the tip simplified dinner time. You've really thought about this a lot recently, haven't you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, I have, like Nick said, kind of created a process around this, and actually just last week was one of the first weeks in a while that I didn't do this process, and it totally threw us off. So I totally suggest meal planning, Um, and I think for the longest time, meal planning felt like this big task that I just didn't know how to tackle, and I didn't know how to wrap my mind around it. So finally, I kind of got tips from other moms, and I put them all together, um, and I made This process that works for me. And I even have templates and kind of an outline system that you could follow too if you need to simplify your meal planning process. And I will link to that in the show notes because it's all free. Um, You can get access to that on my blog. So I'll put that there. But basically I've simplified meal planning and I've actually done meal planning. So that's the first thing that you should do in some way, whatever way it works for you is to actually meal plan but honestly just think of you know simple meals that you can repeat week after week even if it gets boring then you just you know add a new meal in there every week and just actually make it a more simple process. I think that was my biggest problem is I thought you know I have to have these like wonderful meals like a huge lasagna which one isn't even maybe zucchini lasagna because lasagna is not healthy. Um, Things that I didn't know how to make and stressed me out to even think of making them with like a crazy child. So another tip I have other than actually just simplifying the meals you're making is to sync up your schedule. So look at your husband's schedule or look at your kid's schedules. If there's a night of the week that you're going to be out of the house because of, you know, someone has gymnastics or whenever, like personally, whenever Nick's not going to be home, because if he has some kind of after school commitment, I make a crockpot meal. Or I, if he's not going to eat in the home, then I make something super simple that Gemma will like and that I can eat. So we just look at each other's or I just look at Nick's schedule I figure out you know what are we doing that week and I meal plan around that so that it does not end up being a stressful time. All right so our next tip is going to be about simplifying your work life. So we've talked a little bit about what you can do at home Um, and now Nick why don't you take this one since you are the one who works outside of the home um, how can you simplify your work life in a busy season?
1: Yeah, this may seem like a pretty daunting topic or tip of how do you tackle simplifying your work life and keeping work at work and being present at home. Well, I really do think it can be that simple of working while you're at work and being present at your while you're at home. So prioritize your time, manage your time well when you are at work. So whenever, for me, what that looks like, I have planning and prep time in between classes, and then I have a lunch period, and that's all day, so whenever I'm teaching, obviously I'm with my students, my planning and prep time, I really try to make sure I'm being productive with that time, setting myself up for future lessons or taking care of my equipment, but I'm making sure I'm using that time for what it's, what it's set, set for. Even if I'm tired with the day, I try my best to keep myself accountable to that. During lunch, though, is when I will take some time to relax and recover a bit most of every day, I do that by, of course, eating my lunch, but then I also step outside and I'll call Des, I'll call you to see how everything's going at home. So let lets me you know, take a break um, from my classes to recover and see how you are doing at home. But then when I go back in the school building, I'm doing my best to be present uh, with the rest of my workday. And that really helps me once I'm leaving the school building to leave, to leave my work there and then to come home. know ready to be with you and Gemma but there are a few other I think practical tips I think no matter what your career field is that you can do and what those are two things that I do is one I don't check my email when I'm at home and I try to do that in the past and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't so to help myself even further I don't even link my work email to my phone so I can't check it I don't have it set up to do so And then even if I did, the second tip that I think anybody can practice to do is whenever I come home, I put my phone away. It goes with my keys. It goes with my wallet. It goes right in a bin, and it stays in that bin until after Gemma goes to sleep. Not every day, but I really try to do that most of every day. But uh, yeah, I really try to put that in place. Don't check email put the phone away and hey, if you want to check it, then do it after the kids go to bed. I do it after Gemma goes to bed. That way I'm really present with her and present with you during that dinner time and leading up to bedtime.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a really desirable quality. It's hard for me to just put my phone away when I want to be present. But honestly, I think that's like the number one way to be more present, to to kind of let go of some stress after work um, is to put the phone away because it is a source of stress. Um, Not that we can't do things that we like on our phone, but a lot of times it's a source of stress and it definitely takes away those present moments. So I think that's kind of a great number one tip for um, simplifying your work life and being present at home. And also, real quick, I work from home, so this might apply to some people, is one thing (coughs) two things I've learned about is one block scheduling and that's helped me. And that is, I'm not going to talk about that anymore. I kind of talked about it at the beginning and then there's a video linked in the show notes for that, um, where you can learn more about that, but also batch working. And this helps me so much because I've talked about this before in the podcast, but my brain kind of gets scattered. And, um, if I start working, like, I'll go all over the place. I'll try to multitask and, you know, I start one task and, you know, I, oh, I feel like doing this task and I go to the next. So batch working means you set down just simply, you set a period of time and you're only working on one thing. So you're only checking emails for that 30 minutes or I'm only writing for this two hour block of time. So it kind of, I put them both together, the block scheduling and batch working. All right. So our next tip, tip number four, is to take time for self-care. So in a busy season, I think self-care is like the last thing we, th- we think about. Like I've in the past kind of decided that, you know, oh, it's busy season, so I'm not going to work out right now. I'll figure it out when I'm less busy.
1: But it's so important. It really affects your time with others, how you take care of yourself.
0: And actually, we are going to make a whole episode on this because we've decided that it's a huge, a a huge thing we could tackle. We could talk all day about self-care. But right now, we're just going to give you some tips on how to actually make self-care happen, like actually make time for self-care happen. Um, So, Nick, why don't you start?
1: The biggest thing is to communicate with one another to ensure that we are helping one another take that time to ourselves, because obviously we do enjoy spending a lot of time together as a family and doing things I mean that's what this is all about you know simplifying the things are in our life to do the things that we really love but yeah we, we do need to take time for self-care self-care is family care you don't have to feel burdened or you don't have to feel guilty for taking time to yourself it really is and a help to your family so we work to communicate to one another we'll talk to each other on the weekend leading into the week she'll ask me you know, what days I plan to work out this week after school. And that helps her to know, uh, you know, to be prepared as I come home that I'm not leaving her in a tough spot. If, um, you know, she's mentally prepared for that time, I'm, t- I'm taking that extra time whenever I get home. And then I also help her communicate with her. Uh, you know, is there anything extra that she wants to get away for and do and then I'll take Gemma during that time. And a lot of times, I think for you is Saturday mornings. I think you take time to go visit friends, meet up with friends, go to a coffee shop, do some work, um, things that bring joy to you. Uh, you know, that's what a lot of times you find yourself doing. But so coming back, it's simply communicating to one another, helping each other out, finding that time for Desiree to have time to herself to do things that she enjoys. Doesn't have to be in the house; can be away. And same thing with myself.
0: Yeah, and that's super important if you're in a busy season with your family, but also just in general, like in everyday life, you are, if you know you have a family, you need to work together. And if we don't count each other's self care time as important, then it's not going to happen. So we have to kind of respect that for each other and work together. And then our second tip is to find some time daily for self care if you think it would be beneficial. And I would go as far to say that I think it would be beneficial for everyone because, um, it doesn't have to be like this huge, big thing that you're, I think it sounds daunting. Like, okay, I need to take time for self-care. How am I going to do that? Where am I going to put this in my day? My day's already super busy, but my tip is to wake up earlier. So a lot of people, um, you know, I've heard people talk about morning routines and say like, oh, I wake up earlier and I work and I get work stuff done so that You know, I'm just ready for my day. I already have some work done, but I think morning time should be for self-care. And whether that be working out, which I do in the mornings, and I think it's super important part of self-care. And I'm not gonna talk about it too much, or just like reading, whatever it is that you know can give you some time to just refresh yourself and like you know, get yourself ready for the day. I suggest taking self-care time as a morning routine, and I'm actually hosting a morning routine challenge. Um, specifically for women and moms, so if you're not a woman or a mom, this might not help you as much, but you can totally join Darn. in, <laughs> you can <could> totally <laughs> join in, but I'm hosting that starting on Sunday, so if you're interested, if you want to figure out how to wake up early and have a morning routine that applies to you and is actually going to make you wake want to wake up, then join that, and that's going to be in the show notes. So,
1: okay, so that's, on. yeah, that's four of our five tips. It's been quite a bit, and we'll recap what they have been after this last one. But the fifth one, the last one that we're going to talk about is press pause. Take time away from the busy, the work, and more importantly, put down your phone. So, we briefly touched upon this already with, you know, examples before, but do you wanna start with this or do you want me?
0: Sure. I'll start with it. But to be honest, I'm not the best at this. And that's why I put this in here because it's kind of like a preached to myself type of thing. Um, but I really think it's important if you're in a busy season, you've got to find time for each other. So you've got to not just, I'm not saying like the date night thing. Um, that's part of it. But also like you got to find time to just be with your family and just put away the work. Put away your phone. And we did talk about this already a little bit. So like Nick said, I'll kind of recap that. Like put away your phone, um, whether it's coming home from work or just during the day. And this is something that I've really – it's really been on my heart to do. And it's hard because like social media and um, other like things on my phone, they're my work. And I do do this throughout the day. So like I actually work from home. So it's hard for me. But I just think that this is something – I don't know if we have as many tangible tips other than what Nick said earlier. Is to I have he, one. Since Nick is, like I said, way better at this than me, of course, he already – he does have I've just negative. tried a few things. Yeah, and he's done really great at it. But for me, I think the biggest thing has been to just put my phone away or honestly, I just like – I put my phone down because I do have – Hard time like physically putting it away, which is bad, but <laughs> I put my phone down and I walk away from it, and that works for me better. Yeah, so, rather than
1: always having it in your pocket, yeah, that's a good one.
0: Yeah, so I just if I'm in the living room and I feel like I'm on my phone too much, I put it down and I take Gemma to like her room and play with her there. So that's one way I press pause and make sure I'm spending time, um, at least with her during the day and present with her.
1: So yeah, like I said, I did try a few things. of you know, intentionally putting my phone away. The best one that works for me is putting my phone away when I get home from work during the week and then getting it after Gemma goes to bed. But I have tried another practice before. I didn't find that it worked as well, but it I did enjoy it when I did try it. And that was cell phone, uh, cell phone free Sunday, or you can even do that on a Saturday, cell phone free Saturday. So one day, it was a Sunday for me, I put away my uh, cell phone, and I didn't touch it all day for the entire day that Sunday. Uh, I found that I actually I did like it, but it's not something I found that I could do weekend after weekend. But not that may with be
0: fantasy football starting. Yeah, right? not with fantasy <laughs> football.
1: It's just a tip, you know. If the a certain time of the day during the week or every day is better for you than just one whole day, then go for that. If maybe just one whole day out of the whole week is a better practice for you, then go for that. But I think those are two things that you could try out.
0: Yeah, I like that, and. And, you know, it might not – maybe the phone isn't a problem for you. Maybe it's just literally your work. So I do follow someone who – her work is on social media. I follow her on Instagram. And I noticed that she, like, literally announces it on her Instagram stories that she's out for the weekend. So she – even though Instagram is her work, she, she does not interact with it on the weekends. And I thought that was really um, encouraging to just think about, like, you know, we literally, like, put your work away on the weekend if you're able to. All right. So I think that's it. I know that's a lot, but Nick, do you want to real quick recap our tips?
1: Yeah. Say no to things. Say yes to the right things. That was one. Two, simplify dinner time. Three, simplify your work life. Four, take time for self-care. And five is pressing pause, specifically with your cell phone. Learn to put it away, put work away, put the busyness away.
0: Yeah. And so before we end, and this is, I know it's a lot in one episode, but we do want to get to a listener question. And this is from a really good friend of ours. Um, She asked us to talk about how you tackle the, I might need it someday problem when decluttering. And I wanted to talk about this. So I feel like when I just said that it didn't make that much sense. So what I'm trying to say is when you're, when you're going through and you're decluttering your home, um, and this might not sound like it relates to what we just talked about this in this episode, but I'm about to relate it. Um, so when you're going through and decluttering your home, whether it be the, for, for the first time or just like your regular decluttering, you kind of come across things and you're thinking like, I might need this someday. Um, someone asked me, it was talking about this and was talking about like a cooler. Like they don't use their cooler very often, but they don't want to go out and buy a cooler when they need it. But this friend was talking about specifically like craft materials and things that she'll want to use with her kids um, eventually, but not right away. So the I might need it someday problem, like you're going through, you might need this thing someday, but you can't really think of um, what, you, what you use it for right away. So I do want to like, talk about this question in this episode because I think in a busy season, I ha- I'm realizing that I have a harder time letting go of things. So recently we just did like a quick little declutter of Gemma's room and our closets and I realized that it was harder for me to like actually take the step to let go of things. It's like maybe I cling to stuff a little more for security in a busy season or maybe it's just that I don't feel like I have time to keep up with the decluttering because things are busy and I don't have time to make sure we're only filling our space with what we need. But I don't think that that's... good mindset. I think it's important that in a busy season um, when a lot of stuff enters our house like random mail, papers from school. um, For us it's been like some early birthday presents for Gemma that family has gotten us. It's important that we kind of level out our home. So if Gemma's getting new things then we need to look through her stuff that she's had and you know go through it and decide are we going to store it? Are we going to use it someday? Or are we going to get rid of it? Um, so anyways, whether you've had trouble letting go, or you just feel like you don't have time to declutter in this busy season, this question of, I might need this someday will absolutely creep in. Um, or even if you're not in a busy season, this is totally like a minimalist thing. So Nick, how do we tackle this question? How do you tackle this question?
1: I get rid of it personally for my stuff. If I think that I'm only keeping this to... Say I had a cowboy hat that I got when I was down in Texas years ago, and I thought, man, I'd love to have this for days at school if there's a dress-up day or whatever. And I found that I had it for the first four years of teaching, and I wore it one time for it was I think like I don't know dressed up like a cowboy or something like that day. It was like Halloween maybe. Anyways, I found that for me it wasn't worth it. I just get rid of the things that I'm just specifically keeping for a certain event, uh, and and. Whatever the item is, there's always somebody or somewhere you can borrow it from. You, you mentioned a cooler. If you don't use a cooler often, get rid of it. If you need a cooler for going to the beach one day this upcoming summer, ask your neighbor. Ask a family member. Somebody else has a cooler and I'm sure they'll let you borrow it. That's, that's what I find with a lot of items is if you really do need it someday, whatever it is, there's always somebody else that you can borrow it. And you can give it back and it's not taking up space in your house. It's taking up space in theirs. <laughs>
0: <No>. <laughs> um, okay. That, we know that's not really what you mean, Nick. We know, I know. But I, know. I but, know. I um, but I tend to be a little bit more conservative with my stuff than Nick. I think that sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's bad. But here's some tips. If you do struggle with this question and you don't want to just get rid of it, um, even though I do think that's like the number one tip and a really good idea if you have tangible knowledge of how and when you are going to use it and if it's, like, soon. So if it's not five years down the road or if it's not, like, well, I think we're going to... I'm I'm just talking about a cooler again. (laughs) I think we're going to, like, a game where I want to bring some drinks along and I'll need that cooler then. Um, You know, if it's not taking up space in your house and you feel like it's a tangible time that you're going to use it, then okay. So if you have it somewhere where it's not, like, you know, invading your space. But if it's invading your space, if it's like an eyesore and you can't think of a tangible time when you're going to use it, then get rid of it. Um, But if there's a tangible time, it might be grounds for keeping it. Um, If it's something... Like Nick was saying this, if it's something you can easily acquire for free or inexpensive when you do need it, then I think that's the time to definitely get rid of it. Like with us, a lot of baby toys that we didn't love or a lot of um, clothes, like it's hard for me to get rid of Gemma's clothes, but I realized that so many of them I've gotten for free or like secondhand for so cheap. So definitely can weed through that easily by remembering that, There is a way you can borrow this or get it for free or for very inexpensive. If you ask those questions and you still don't feel conclusive, I'd say set a time range. So like maybe it's three months. Store it somewhere if you can, if you have the space where it won't clutter your home. And if in three months you haven't touched it, you haven't used it, or even you haven't thought about it, um, you can get rid of it. And I have done this and set a reminder on my phone for the time period um, so that you don't like literally just forget about it, and then five years later you're like, oh shoot, I kept this because I thought I was gonna use it someday, and now it's been cluttering my home for five years. So set a reminder for maybe three months.
1: Yeah, that really is a good question because there are always items that you think, well, I'm not going to, going to get rid of this. I'm I, I'm probably gonna use this for for this event or whatever. Um, but I think those are some good tips, and that's definitely something I think everybody thinks about.
0: And everyone, well, maybe not everyone, but I totally struggle with it. So. I feel ya. So anyways, that's all we have. All of that. Hope it wasn't too much information overload, but um, we know things are getting busy. For us, our busy season is really coming up this winter um, as Nick starts coaching, coaching wrestling. So a lot of this, like I said, is kind of preach to myself type of stuff, and I'll be looking forward to referencing these ideas again in that time. Um, we thank you for listening. Again, subscribe. Subscribe. Give us a rating or a view. It helps us so much to see how you're liking the podcast. And if this would help a friend, share it with a friend. Share it on social media. I love seeing people posting it on their Instagram stories. We love to repost those. So um, thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time. Cheers. This has been an episode of the Minimalist Family Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. And if you're loving the podcast, leave us a review on iTunes. It will definitely help us get the word out and help other people discover our podcast. Even better, go ahead and share this with a friend that you know will love it too. We hope to see you back here next week. Until then, cheers to living with less stuff and more joy.